Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Today's episode has been sponsored by Jay McLaughlin. Jay McLaughlin is a timeless lifestyle brand with incredible style and a spirit of connection. I am obsessed with Jay McLaughlin and have been so honored that they are sponsoring my Zibbyverse tour. It just so happens that the tour goes to so many communities and areas of the country that have Jay McLaughlin stores. And I love that the brand is philanthropic through Jay McLaughlin's local and loyal programming. Host store events to give back to organizations that are meaningful to Jay McLaughlin's local communities. I also love the fact that the clothes are just so chic They make me feel polished and modern, and the best part is that most of the line comes in fabrics that don't wrinkle. I especially love the dresses, the cashmere sweaters, the other sweaters. You'll see them all over my Instagram. I typically tag at Jay McLaughlin, and so you can check it out. It is absolutely one of my favorite brands, and I am over the moon excited to be working with them. In fact, I want to share the love with all of you. Jay McLaughlin is giving 20% off new customers and listeners of my podcast with special code ZIBBY20, capital Z-I-B-B-Y 20. That's 20% off for new customers and listeners of the podcast with special code capital Z-ZIBBY20. Take advantage of it today. My favorites are this white, open, long cashmere sweater that I've been wearing on every flight that I've taken on this tour. I have a blue with light blue horizontal striped sweater, several dresses I even wore on Corny America. Check it out, Jay McLaughlin. Thanks so much. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast that you're listening to right now, thank you so much, called Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. It is a daily podcast, 365 days a year, and each day we talk to an author about all of the things related to their career, their book, their life, and more in 30 minutes or less, because who has time? I am now an author myself, although I wasn't when I started this podcast, and you can get my new memoir, Bookends, a memoir of love, loss, and literature, wherever books are sold starting July 1st, and my children's book, Princess Charming. You can learn more about me at zibbyowens.com, but really, you're here to learn more about the authors, and that is what we're going to do. Also, be sure to check out all the other podcasts in the Zcast Podcast Network. You can learn more at zcastnetwork.com and definitely check out those shows as well. Kirby Howell Baptiste is the author of Little Black Girl and Little Black Boy. She is a British actress known for her memorable roles across television in Killing Eve, The Good Place, Hacks, 
Barry, Why Women Kill, Veronica Mars, and most recently, Netflix's The Sandman. On screen, she recently appeared in Disney's Cruella, which I watched with my kids and loved, and STX Films and Paramount Plus's Queen Pins. Upcoming, Howell Baptiste will star in Mr. Harrigan's Phone, Netflix's film adaptation of Stephen King's novella. Also in Apple TV Plus's genre-bending series Sugar, opposite Colin Farrell, and in Culprits for Disney+. Plus. She will also star in and executive produce the film She Taught Love. She released two books at once, Little Black Boy and Little Black Girl, celebrating the joys of being a child and encouraging black boys and girls to follow their wildest dreams. Welcome, Kirby. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Thank you for having me. So you have two books coming out at once, which is very ambitious of you. I, <laughs> it's quite a, quite a way to dive into the children's book market. Yeah. Tell listeners about your books and how you decided to do these and get them out and why at the same time and all the rest. Yeah. Well, okay. So I have two kids books, like you say, this is my first ever published books. And the first is called Little Black Girl, Oh, The Things You Can Do. And the second is Little Black Boy, Oh, The Things You Will Do. And the reason there are two is I originally wrote Little Black Girl like quite a few years ago. And it was sort of like coincided with when my niece was born. And then, you know, I sort of had this idea of things that I wish that I had heard or been told, you know, when I was, when I was that age and I almost just started it as a love letter to, to her, which then in turn kind of became like a love letter to my inner child. And then that idea kind of didn't go anywhere. I was with a team that didn't really were like, Oh, I don't know. It was sort of, you know, at that point, I think it was sort of like stick to acting. And then, um, sort of, you know, it went into the, the, the deep recesses of my laptop (laughs) And then during the pandemic, I just had a lot of time and I was literally just cleaning things up and going through and reading old things that I'd read and sort of, you know, it was both nostalgic and also to sort of inspire, you know, inspire me during that time. And I came across the book again and I read it and I think it's rare as a writer. Well, I think it's rare as any sort of like artist. It's you often fall out of love with the things you've made, and you become very, you know, judgmental. And you, you can call yourself a writer. It's okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. As a writer, yeah. Yeah. thank you for giving me permission. Yeah. <laughs> I am publishing two books, and now I can call myself yes, a writer. It, it counts. It counts. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I reread it, and there have been tweaks, but I really kind of fell in love with it all over again. And it was years later, my niece was 10 teen, as my mom calls her, <laughs> entering, you know, like a whole new phase in her life as well. And I realized I, I felt like it was more relevant than ever, particularly to, to hear words of encouragement, because more than when, when I was a kid, we weren't surrounded by just so many voices in general. And, and you know, not all of it is, is positive. So I felt like that needed to happen. And then when I pitched the book to Stacey at Penguin Random House, she was like, this is great. You think there's a second book? To which I immediately said, yes. I, and I was like, well, now my mouths are in a check that I have to catch. <laughs> and so it just kind of became very natural that it would be like a sibling book, this companion. So we had Little Black Girl and we were, you know, talking about, you know, female empowerment and, and Black girls, you know, being able to access things and do whatever. The natural sort of other side of that coin is is black male joy, which I think is so underexplored in, in literature, in in film, in TV. So that's how number two came along. 
Wow. Well, you did a great job. I mean, the writing is really moving, right? This isn't just, I mean, I see what you're saying about sort of healing your own inner child at the same time, because there are parts even with Black Girl where you talk about how, you know, Black women have to band together and how the warmth Uh comes from everybody, you know, bonding together and after everything and, you know, the sense of community and collaboration and all of that. It's, it's really, it's really amazing. Like it's, it's very moving yeah. the way it's written. Well, thank you. Yeah. I hope, I, I hope that I think in general, you know, we, we do better, all of us do better in communities. And I think mm-hmm. it can be tough. You know, me personally, I feel like I've had sort of like two upbringings as, as a black person. I'm in, you know, be growing up in the UK and being black British and Caribbean and then coming here and seeing sort of, the race relations here and and seeing it from an African-American perspective, I feel like the common denominator often in communities that have been moved out of their sort of like natural habitat is sort of the fracturing of communities. Mm -hmm. And I think it's our job. And we realize that we are stronger when we do come together because that's sort of, that's the only sort of a survival skill. Like community is, is truly our, I think our most, one of our most basic survival skills. It's true. Can I read a little piece of like a little page about this part of the book? So for people who haven't seen it yet, first, it's about careers that you can do and not letting anybody hold you back by saying no and don't do it. Sort of like when people told you not to write a book, but anyway, (laughs) Uh, do what you want. The world's a blank slate. And remember that love will always destroy hate. You can travel the world or stay close to home. The world is your oyster to wander and roam. No, she's too black or not black enough. Words you may hear, but your skin will grow tough. Not tough on your own, for there are many others, generations of women, your sisters and mothers. For we are black women who have weathered the storm. When the world is cold, we keep each other warm. Our history is rich. We've been here since the start, growing and changing, a living work of art. That's really, it's funny to hear it out loud because you never hear it out loud, except when you're saying it. That's the first time I think I've heard. It's not funny when I'm saying out loud, I am a black woman. (laughs) I'm not a black woman. (laughs) I used to just hear and be like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when you're in your own head, you're like, well, I know the rhythm. Does everyone else know it? Oh, I hope I got it right. No, it's really good. No, no. Okay, good. Great. (laughs) (laughs) But it's inspiring. You know, you'll shatter the ceiling. Bring others with you to share that great feeling. That's a great line. It's a great line. I hope so. You know, I've always been inspired as well. Like, I feel like, the thing about kids books, and of course, when you're when you write something like this, it, it you have to find you have to target a demographic, and it is a kids book. But I look at things like oh, the places you'll go, and think yeah. about like I didn't even read that until I was literally uh, sort of going off to the next chapter of my life, which was between high school and and college. And like there's there there are these really big transitional moments in people's lives where you kind of just need something positive put to you in the most simple form. And I find that that kids books same with I guess cartoons and things like that are such a vehicle for a bigger message Mm -hmm. it's true it's like those graduation speeches and yeah like short punchy things for getting you on to the next yes yeah and then the other book focuses more on a marine aspiring marine biologist and as he as this black boy is exploring the world and uncovering things. And even there you have the support of his whole network, right? You have like an image of in the water with him and everybody else. And this sort of, again, this collaborative way for 
people to pursue anything that they want with nothing holding them back at all. And just like yeah. shooting for the moon type of message. Yeah. Well, I think there's there's a small distinction in the titles as well. For Little Black Girls are the things you can do and Little Black Boys are the things you will do. And Larry and I, Larry who co-wrote Little Black Boy, we went back and forth. It was such a small world. We were, we debated it for ages until we had to email Stacey to be the tiebreaker. <laughs> and we were like, should it have the same title or do you feel like this makes sense? And Stacey was really, really helpful. And we just talked it out with her and we all sort of discussed. It's such a, you know, language is important, but it's so small. But what we really boiled it down to was that for Black women, I think there is a struggle with the expectation that they can do anything. that Because it's almost like you have to be given permission to be allowed. Mm-hmm. Whereas with young Black boys, they struggle with the idea, with anyone sort of, people put this idea of them that they that they even will do anything. That it's, that, that there's almost the lack of expectation. It's expected that you won't do anything. And so that became such a pivotal way of expressing the difference in the way we're treated and in, in, in our upbringing. So true. I can imagine those conversations. <laughs> yeah. So small, but it's like you go back and forth for hours. No, every, every word. It's like, yeah. oh my gosh. Wait, so tell me how you are going to launch this book and do whatever your film projects, your TV yeah. projects. So what you're, you're doing four different projects at once or something insane. I'm, well, I'm always doing four different projects at once because I can't sit still. And if only you knew my mother, I'm always like, mom, take a holiday, relax. She can't relax. And I've inherited the gene. I moved away for over 10 years and I still became my mom. Um, it's impossible. But I am actually really fortunate. The project I'm on right now, it has just so timed out that it's quite light through November. So it's really kind of kismet, actually, that I get to have this time. And we're launching it in a number of ways. We have a book reading at Barnes & Noble on the 19th. The book launches on the 15th. It's available for pre-order now. And there's other things, little things that are coming in. And we're, Larry and I really, really want to make a point to do some readings at some libraries and some schools and things like that, because that's just very, very, very important to us to sort of get the book to places that they might not have access to it. Yeah, I, I'm I'm honestly really, really excited. I I I want to live my best like writer life and be like touring, like as if this was, you know, I don't know, the 90s or something. I want to like tour the world with this book. But I'm I am really excited about it. And one of the things that I've said a lot to people is, you know, if you can offer it to as a gift to people, you know, we don't make the prices of these these books. And I recognize that a book that's $18.99. To a lot of people, that's chump change, but to a lot more people, that's a huge amount of money. So if there's a world where people can buy this as a gift or donate it to a school or a foster home or things like that. So people who really do need to hear words of encouragement that might not be hearing it otherwise get to hear it. You should put some links somewhere. Yeah, we're gonna we we have to do that. We have to make some links. This is good. See, Lauren, <laughs> Lauren's taking notes. We'll make some links. Okay. Yeah, links is preferred. How do you matching some sort of like donation matching and things like that? We're gonna we're gonna get there. There's even a way not to promote Amazon or anything, but there's a way where a lot of charities you can just send it directly there. Like you put you go into yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there's better ways, but anyway, you don't need this advice. You'll you'll figure it out. (laughs) No, listen, I'll take advice from anyone. I have like why not? Now I'm now I have something to Lauren's hearing it. We'll have something to email about. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or Zepbound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wait, so can you just tell me how you got started as an actor and this creative type? And as you've done 8,000 things every minute, what are some of the <laughs> other things that you've gotten accomplished along the way? So how I started, I feel like I've, I have a very, um, like, on, well, in a, in an odd way, it's, I think it's a very satisfying journey to hear, but it's not like a really sexy journey. It's not like, oh, I was walking down the street and, you know, someone stopped me and was and gave me the role of a lifetime. Like, my job <laughs> has been very, uh, which I think that is a sexy story, but I think at least when I was coming up, I would rather hear stories like mine, which was, I kind of have scrapped and worked for everything. I didn't have, there was no one in this industry. There's no one in my family who's in this industry and or who, who would I think would ever even want to be on camera. So it was a very, I feel like my journey has been very incremental and it's just grown over time. I started, at, I did like acting at school. Well, actually where I really started was my mum put me in these sort of like community centre acting classes when I was young at a place called the Anashir Theatre. And I'd go there after school once and then twice a week and that truly was just like everyone in North London where I'm from has put, went to Anashir at some point. But I fell in love with it. Like straight away, my first day we came in and we would do little improvisations and dances. And, and I absolutely, I, I, I think it was the first time I've always been a TV addict. My family would always say I would just, I was raised by TV. So I would watch TV relentlessly, but I don't think I ever connected when I was a kid, at least that that was a job, you know, you kind of think it's real. And when I went to Anashir, I realized that that's what people were doing. And from that moment on, I, I loved it. And then I just sort of chipped away. I did background work when I was younger and moved out to LA with, on a visa for school on like a student visa, and then got another visa after, worked at a cafe under the table whilst I was at school. So again, I'll always have a lot of projects going on at once. And then, yeah, it's truly one thing has led to another. Yesterday, I was on set of a show that I'm on. We have a new cameraman and he said, Kirby, we did Comedy Bang Bang together. And that was like almost 10 years ago. That was my first ever thing. And it was incredibly cool. We were chatting and I said to him, you have no idea. That was my first ever co-star on Comedy Bang Bang. And I have never been more nervous in my entire life. Like, I think I had one line and it was terrifying to be like on a, finally be on a professional set. Wow. I would be terrified too. Yeah. 
My daughter sang for the first time. She's a great singer, but finally did her first performance at school. And she said that her whole body was like shaking so much that even her voice was shaking. And I was like, it's never going to get worse than this. Do you know what I mean? Like the first time you do it, this is the bottom and you'll be every other time it'll get better. So, And I also think that there is something particularly intimate and raw about singing in front of people. I want to do my job for the rest of my life. But if you ask me to sing in front of people, I will quit immediately. <laughs> it's not a thing I'm, I have any interest in. Well, I will say actually, actually weirdly enough, the only thing I think I could be capable of singing, and I think it's because I love it, is I love the musical cabaret. I studied it when we were <laughs> like in uh, school and I just fell in love with it. I think I love, I was, a, you know, someone who loved English and loved history and I loved the history of it and all of that sort of stuff. And I think it's because it's, fun that's the only thing I if I if if gun to my head I had to sing anything it would be it would be from cabaret oh there you go learn something new every day (laughs) (laughs) and what is your schedule like with with the the roles you're doing like do you have to show up really early and do you do you do creative writing like as a release at at different times or is writing a part of your life or reading are you reading in between takes or what's your what's your life like yeah I feel like when I'm when I'm working, I'm, I read a lot of scripts and and often it feels like when I'm reading a book, you would get a bit of, you kind of have the guilt where you're like, well, I know there's other things because I'm being sent scripts. There's other things to be reading. But what I, I kind of rediscovered my love of reading during the pandemic, like a lot of people, but not just like, oh, I read a page or two, but you know, really when I was younger, I would just sit particularly in school holidays and just read all day. Like it was just one of my favorite things to do. And I rediscovered that during the pandemic. And then I just read a book for book of the month. And I loved that. I loved like something about also having a deadline. It makes you do it. But I spent three days reading this book and it was so glorious. Like I would plan my day when I wasn't working. What was the book? Um, um, It's called The Last Party Mm -hmm. by Claire McIntosh. Oh yeah. I love Claire McIntosh. So good. And I'm a big uh, mystery. I love, I love, I'm like, yeah. Those are, that's my jam. So I do read a lot. I try to read more and that this is actually going to encourage me because I just got a book of the month subscription. So this will encourage me to, <laughs> I'd like to have that deadline to be reading every month. And then schedule wise, I am like more or less always busy. Truly, if it's not actual work, like right now, again, I have the lightest schedule filming wise that I've had in, in years. I work maybe like two days and then I'm off for five. And then the way it's shot, we shoot in big blocks. So you'll shoot very intensely for a couple of days and you'll have a lot of days off. What show is this that you're referring to? Uh, This is for an Apple show that I'm filming right now. Okay. But writing is my sanity, I think, Mm -hmm. actually. And it's it's the most pure, I think, expression of myself because I think everyone has a need to, we all have a need to express ourselves. We all need to talk. But I think for me, writing is a way of sort of like getting, it's almost like when you're trying to explain something to someone and they keep interrupting, that's what a lot of other writing, that's like what conversations online feel like. You're like, no, I haven't finished the thought yet. Whereas when you write your own thing, it's like, these are all my ideas. This is, this is what I think and feel about this thing. And it's put out there and you can digest it however you want in whatever time span you want, wherever you want. And then kind of, think about it and if there is you know if that prompts something then it does but for me it's like if I have something that is I'm struggling with or you know when I when I found out about we we were in still in the midst of it of like Roe v Wade being repealed and things like that and all the stuff we're into I remember texting a friend 
who's a director and just being like, I really don't know what to do. Like, I just feel very, like most people, I feel very, very powerless. And then I ended up, because I love comedy as well, writing like a comedic short that was like kind of tangential, but had some, you know, it was like very much this, but not in a preachy way. Like you might not know we're talking about this. And it was kind of the only way I could stop feeling kind of crappy about it. Cause I at least just sort of expelled some of the feelings and the emotions. I, I am the same exact way, by the way, that's how I, yeah. like in one of these cabinets, I have like every journal from when I was eight years old and up it's it's nice. Oh, it's yeah. funny. I feel like we should rebrand writing to like busy people and just be like, what if you could talk without being interrupted? <laughs> that's exactly I mean, that, that's what it is. It's it's do you, like would you love that? Would you love to talk without being interrupted? Yeah. Maybe that would intimidate people. But yeah. What you, yeah, I don't know. But it is nice. I guess you have to be more cognizant of what you're saying, right? Because it's like you're you're gonna get this one chance. So but that's also good because we often talk and then think which is what we're doing so quickly we're so ahead of ourselves whereas when you write something and you leave it there and you come back to it you're sort of like huh like I have a whole notes I'm not on Twitter but I have a whole notes file that's called tweets I've never sent and it's not (laughs) actual tweets just like things that pop into my head whereas I think most people will post it and that's not what you do with the first thought that comes into your mind you have to sometimes put it there and then you come back and you're like, what was I saying? I have oh no gosh. idea what I must have been mad that. That is so smart <laughs> of you. And one day that can be a book too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's I would love that. I really want to make like a toilet book. So um, I'm like, yeah, like that's the other at, at the yeah. checkout counter type of thing. You know, yeah, exactly. yeah, I love it. I love those books. Those are excellent. I love those things. No, I used to collect like all those tiny quote books. Do you remember? Well, you're probably not, yes! but like this I used to collect all those little ones. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. So, okay. So what is your next book going to be? Is there another one coming? What do you think? There isn't at the moment, but I think I would like it to be a toilet book. Similarly to the way I've chosen acting roles, it hasn't been like, I I kind of just go where the mood takes me. So it will be drama to really ridiculous comedy to something that's really heavy. And I feel like that with this, like, you know, I've written these kids books. I don't know that the next thing is necessarily a kid's book. I think it's just whatever is inspiring me or amusing me at that moment. And that's what I would go to. But a toilet book is really a thing that I'm, that I'm excited about. Maybe because I just like the phrasing toilet book, but (laughs) also like, I don't always want to take my phone into the toilet, but it's become a habit that we all do it. And I want to get back to not taking a phone into the toilet. And it's hard to like, start a novel you know what I mean like you kind of want something that's digestible and easy oh you know what you should do is make it look like a phone so you should have like the cover and then it could be like this size and then you could just open it and they would be in it okay Lauren I hope you're taking notes and all credit to Zim for this (laughs) (laughs) I think that would be really funny you could just and then you could actually keep it like in the on the toilet yeah like yeah you could put it down and you could put it, you could actually you do a collab with Apple since aren't you doing an Apple thing? You should have them like do it so that they have the logo. Yes. Well, I love, this is excellent because what I was thinking today when I was in the toilet, I was like, it should also be sanitary. So it should be made out of a material that isn't just like paper. It should be either covered. So if it wasn't something that was like, looked like a phone, at least the outside could be like hard and you could always just like wipe it down yeah, if you wanted totally. to. Not that it's going to get crazy in there, but bathrooms are bathrooms and everything's in the air, you know? 
Like a kid's book almost, like a kid's thing they would take yeah, a Exactly, exactly like that, yeah. So fun. Why has nobody thought of this yet? We're doing it. This is next. Okay. All right, great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Tweets I've never sent. Actually, you could even have, okay, but I'll stop. Anyway, it was, <laughs> it was great meeting you. There's obviously so much you could do and congratulations on your books. It's perfect that they're out before okay. the holidays. These will be great. I'm going to put them, I'm doing this gift guide. So we're going to put them in the gift guide and all this good stuff. So anyway, mm-hmm. congratulations. Nice. Well, this was lovely. I honestly could like talk and spitball with you for hours. I know, so right? This, this would be fun. I feel like there's some similar... New York? I'm in New York. Are you? No, you're in LA, oh, right? I, I have to get out of LA. I'm in, I'm in LA. I wish I was in New York. But yeah, I feel like, I don't know. Also, New York cities in general are conducive to people who, who, who interact with other people a lot. So I think you just become a better conversationalist. So it's mm. like you're just exercising the muscle of talking much, much more than people in LA. Maybe. Also, this is my job. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. This is actually just like what I'm like all the time. That's why this is so fun. But I might be opening a bookstore in LA. So- <gasps> oh my God. I would love that. Well, I, w- well, I want to do readings. I have a, I have a toilet book that's in the shape of an iPhone coming soon. So That's right. That's you're- right. Yes. So uh, stay tuned. I'll, I'll keep yeah. you posted. <laughs> I would love that. That's awesome. All right. well, I hope to meet you soon. Yes, we should. I would love that. Okay. All right. Good luck. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. 